And welcome in to this week's edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians providing an unparalleled level of care. Visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialist in Riverside, Ponte Vedra, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's with Denny Thompson, the hacker Ryan Green with you. Denny, the Gators getting some good news yesterday. Last guy that we were wondering about, is he going pro? Is he staying in school? Kadarius Tony announces on Twitter that he is indeed coming back to Gainesville for his senior year. It's smart on his part. I mean, he would have gotten picking up. He probably would have been, my guess would be a fourth-round guy. Um, but he'd be a fourth-round guy based off of, you know, snippets of potential that people had seen throughout the, the couple of years. When if you're a Gator fan, what you know is this dude is probably the, the best playmaker they've had in Gainesville during that time frame. If he could just stay healthy. Right, right. And and, and I think, you know, with an offseason here of hopefully health, that I, I know that Mullen had some amazing plans for this guy coming into this year. Um, I remember seeing some of the stuff they were doing with him last spring during practice and, and they had him all over the field so as a Gator fan you've got to be excited about this um it is it's a we talked about this um this receiving core it's legit again like it's back-to-back years where once again there's explosive playmakers and multiple people to cover when by the time you put pits in there as well now let me ask you this and that's where I was getting to we all know Van Jefferson Tyree Cleveland Josh Hammond Freddie Swain they're all gone now, coming back, Trevon Grimes, Kadarius Toney, Jacob Copeland, Kyle Pitts. You'd have to think those are your four main targets going into the year. Who knows about grad transfers? Who knows about other transfers or even other guys that may sign in February? But as it stands right now, Pitts, Tony, Copeland, and Grimes are your four main guys. How adequate is that going into the season? Oh, I think it's, I think it's probably – I mean, I don't know everybody's depth chart, but I bet it's top three in the SEC. Um, I think if you were to look at pro potential, so if you if you took last year's main receivers and this coming year's main receivers and you took those four out, right, and you took the four that you mentioned that have graduated, there's more pro potential in this four than the, than the ones that just left. And obviously, I mean, Pitts is probably, I mean, if he has a year like he did last year, it's probably a first-round talent. Yeah. Um, Grimes think, physically could Grimes, be too. I think Grimes is. I think Grimes is. Um, and, and then Kadarius Tony is just that. And I'm not comparing him to him, but he's that game changer like Percy was, where he can return a punt on you. You know, you're not going to kick to him. Um, you can put him in the backfield. You can put him. You know, you can hide him all over the field. You can put him a slide. You can put him outside. You can put him wherever you want to put him. You can put him quarterback. You know, I mean, all those different types of things. You can run wildcat with him. Um, there, there's so many things you can do with Kadarius Tony that he's he's an offensive coordinator's dream because you, you can spend your time drawing up different ways to get him the ball, and that makes things fun, and it makes it complete hell on the defense. That's the tight end wide receiver outlook. You'll get running back. We're going to talk about LaMichael P. Ryan in a second. LaMichael P. Ryan's gone. Um, now we'll have to see about Damian Pierce. He's done a lot of nice things. We'll see if that continues to, to, to happen. Malik Davis. One year removed from the knee injury. How is he going to respond? A kid like Iverson Clement may get some opportunity as well. What do you think about the tailback situation now that LaMichael P. Ryan is gone? You know, I, I And, think, by the way, Lorenzo Lingard, 
We don't know if he's going to be eligible or not, the transfer from Miami. Right, and I think I feel good about the running back position because I feel better about the offensive line. We, that was the big question mark going into this year was the inexperienced offensive line, and it took you know, a couple of big plays for the, the running game numbers to be respectable even in games. I mean, if you take like that Auburn game, you take away the big run. And, right. I mean, they had nothing. Right, P. Ryan had the 86-yarder before that. It was like 15 carries for 12 yards. Right, right, yeah. right. In a game that they were still winning. but it, So I, I think because of the offensive line, you're going to see increased production. I think, I think that teams are going to have to scheme up the run game a little bit better. This year against Florida, which should help Trask or Jones, whoever's back there. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know about personnel-wise if the running backs are better, any different, or, or the same as what we have. But I just think the offensive line translates to a better running game. You know, since the last time you and I did this last week, nine LSU or juniors <laughs> have declared for the draft. It's crazy. Nine. And two coordinators. And they lost Dave Aranda, and they lost Joe Brady. You look at Georgia. We talk about Jake Fromm going – Four offensive linemen are not going to be back. DeAndre Swift is not going to be back. You combine, it's going to be a wounded Georgia team based on what they have been. It's going to be a wounded LSU team. Losing Joe Burrow is going to be bad enough. Now they've lost nine juniors on top of that. Florida plays three road games outside the state of Florida next year. At Ole Miss, at Vandy, at Tennessee. Not exactly murderer's row. Is it safe to say, or is it fair to say, there's pressure on Florida to win the East because it's like the window of opportunity is open next year. Well, I mean, in order to say that, I think you got to talk about Georgia first. And the offensive line departures, you can't lose four guys and it not affect you at all. But if there's a position where they could afford to lose four guys, it's the offensive line. They're stacked at running back as well. Um so they've got, you know, regardless of which way they go, they're going to have a new quarterback who hasn't taken snaps in the SEC ever. So I, I think from a uh, from a Georgia perspective, I don't think Georgia loses as much as what people lost. I love their offensive line, or their offensive coordinator hire. Love it. Todd Munkin is going to do great with the talent that they have around him at receiver. Um, so I love that off that offensive coordinator hire. I don't know if there's definitely pressure and there's definitely an expectation. And we talked about this last week of there's definitely one of those situations where it's gone from I don't expect to beat Georgia to okay, I can see it. Right. You know what I mean? And which is a huge step forward. I think that game means everything. I think Florida's schedule is extremely soft. That LSU game certainly isn't what it is. And, you have, the, and you have three horrific non conference games. Terrible. 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 New Mexico State. Hey, South Alabama and and Eastern Kentucky. And here's the thing with LSU, like LSU is in LSU what Auburn was a couple years. Alabama's the constant. Yeah. Right? There's always that variable in there. Um maybe that's Texas A&M next year. Right? There's always going to be that team in the West that pops up and challenges somebody. But Alabama's legit next year. But as far as the East, I I mean I think if you went to 10 so-called experts and you said, "Okay, who's favored in the East?" Six would say Georgia, four would say Florida. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, speaking of Georgia, really quick, understanding it's a Gator podcast, but the work you do with quarterbacks with six points, you're very familiar, obviously, with Carson Beck, who's on his way to Athens uh, as a true freshman. Um, Jamie Newman, mm-hmm. the young man they brought in from Wake Forest, the grad transfer. Denny, you listen to some Georgia fans that you and I both know. You would think Jamie Newman's the second coming of Doug Williams and Steve McNair. <laughs> yeah. um, is Jamie Newman – a good fit for what Todd Munkin's going to do there in Athens. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I've seen Jamie very limited. 
And I, I get a kick out of this because, I, I mean, last time I looked, Jamie Newman didn't set the world on fire at Wake. He, right. he was a good quarterback. Um, it's a nice replacement for Jake Fromm. It's a guy that has some experience. It's not Justin Fields. And that's the, that's the thing. It's like people are making this transfer. It's not even De'Aaron King, right? It, people are making this transfer seem like, this, like when Justin got Ohio State. And I'm not taking a shot at Georgia because Justin came from Georgia. He's not Justin Fields. It, I, I can say that with certainty. Can he do well? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that can do well in that offense that's going to be stacked now at receiver where they were weak, and they're going to be you know, pretty good at offensive line. They're always good at running back. So as long as he can advance the ball vertically, which is what they were missing this year, it makes that offense a lot, lot better uh, at Georgia. But, I mean, if we're going to do that game, you got to sit down and go, okay, what position is Georgia better than Florida at? And I don't know. I, I think Florida's got them right now at receiver. I think Florida's got them right now at quarterback. I think Florida may have them right now um, at at least two of the offensive line positions. You know where Georgia's going to have Florida, though? Every defensive position. I think that Georgia defense is stacked. It, it is. It is. I got you. But here's the other thing that people aren't factoring in about the East. is It's no longer just the Florida-Georgia game. you got to get over the Tennessee hump, which is going to be a tougher game. And I'm talking both teams. You got to get over Kentucky. Yeah. Right? Those two teams right there, it wouldn't shock me if they beat one. Like if, if Kentucky or Tennessee beat Florida or Georgia. Hold that thought on Tennessee. I want to get back there in one moment. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by the one and only Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians. Listen to the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings here on 1010XL. And he was under the Friday Night Lights all season long with Denny and I. Southeast Orthopedic Specialist is located in Riverside, Northside, the South Side, the beaches, Fleming Island, and in St. John's. You can visit them online, se-ortho.com. And you can also listen to Dr. Chris Swanson, who's on every Monday night with the Sports Den with Denny Thompson and big game James Coleman. You know, it's interesting. Well, hold on. Before we move on, I need everybody on Facebook to do me one huge favor and just hit like. (laughs) And share if you really like us. Whether you like us or not, hit like. And then share us if you really like. That was our New Year's resolution. Likes, shares here on Gator Bites. Expand the brand here. This stuff ain't free, man. Hit like. (laughs) All right. So, Tennessee. (laughs) I do a show every day with Matt Hayes, National Uh College Football Writer of the Bleacher Report. And not to necessarily put words in his mouth. I'm going to paraphrase here. He basically said, yeah, Tennessee won eight games, but they didn't beat anybody. And actually, I've heard that from a couple of people. The Tennessee, yeah, they won eight games, and Jeremy Pruitt did a good job, but they really didn't beat very many good quality teams. You seem, though, to be buying in maybe to Jeremy Pruitt in 2020. Um, they're getting better. I don't disagree. With, I don't disagree with Matt, but they beat teams that they haven't been beaten in the past five years. They've, they're improving. I don't think there's any way – I don't think there's any way that anybody can deny that, no matter how much you hate Tennessee. I know Jeremy, and I've said since the time that he was hired, that he's going to recruit well. He's going to coach his butt off. He's going to piss people off. That's just who he is. That's his personality. Um, If they give him time, he's going to get that program to where it is a top 20 program. I'm not going to say top 10 because that's going to take a little while. But it's going to be a top 20 program. But here's the thing about Jeremy Pruitt, and here's what he proved against Alabama last year. Any given game. Like, any given game – it's going to be a dogfight with Tennessee. Florida's done what they need to do against Tennessee because for the most part, the last couple of years, they've put them away early. But if you let them stay in that game, it's going to be a dogfight. They're going to be strong. They're going to be tough-willed. They're going to have talent now. They're going to be huge. He's recruiting massive individuals. 
So I, while I don't think Matt's wrong, I think you're discounting what Jeremy Pruitt and what Tennessee's building when you say that because for the last decade they haven't won even those games that they won this year. Right, they weren't beating South Carolina. They weren't beating Kentucky. They weren't beating Missouri, teams like that. Right. And now they're starting to. Vanderbilt, obviously, as well. And Florida's going to have to go in there. Look, I don't think – I mean, at Ole Miss, at Vandy, at Tennessee. We're not breaking any news here. Outside the Sunshine State, Florida's toughest road game is Neyland Stadium against the Vols. I would put overall their toughest road game is probably Florida State next year, but that's obviously inside the state of Florida. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I mean, well, let me ask you what's tough for next year. Right now, again, a lot is going to transpire. Florida at Florida State, Florida at Tennessee. Which should Gator fans be more concerned about going into 2020? Tennessee. Tennessee, okay. Tennessee. Uh, Florida State's going to be really young at critical positions. I mean, either that or really bad, one of the two. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's their options. That Like, do we want to be young at quarterback or do we want to suck at quarterback? Like, that that's the option that they're dealing with right now. So I, 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 that's the only reason why I say Tennessee. But, but let me also say this. People are not paying attention to what Kentucky's doing. And, and I trained Joey Gatewood, so I'm going to leave him out of the equation for a second because I don't want to seem biased here. But he is there, and he is a top 50 prospect when he came out. Before you leave him out, is he going to be eligible next year? We'll find out soon. Okay. Okay, so appeals being filed. Um, I think so. And, and, and I'll give you guys just one thing to think about with that is for the large part, if what you claim happened, the reason why you transfer can be proven for the, that's been kind of the consistent thing with the NCAA people say, say well, what you shouldn't be able to transfer because of this, because of that. Well, really what's happened is whatever I claim, if I can prove that it happened, it happened. Well, if Joey goes in there and he says, well, I'm claiming that Auburn lied to me, that Gus Malzahn lied to me. Well, crap, th- that's in press conferences. Where Gus Malzahn has said, oh, Joey's going to play 20 snaps. And and for the new viewers, new listeners, when Denny Thompson talks about Joey Gatewood, he's trained Joey Gatewood for years. Right. Joey Gatewood, trust me, if Denny, if, if you're going to listen to somebody about Joey Gatewood, Denny Thompson's who you need to listen well, and, to. And, but take him out of the equation. People look at recruiting rankings. Look at Kentucky's recruiting rankings, but then factor in their transfers they got this year. They got a four- or five-star defensive end that transferred from Florida State last year. He'll be eligible this year. They've gotten, like, a couple JUCO guys. If you factor in transfers and everything like that, Kentucky's got a top 12 to 13 class. So they're putting together something over there, and they have played Florida as well as anybody the last, what, five years? That's fair. They've beaten themselves three of those years. Yeah, they could have very easily three or four wins over Florida here in recent years. Yeah, so, I mean, I think – and they played Kentucky well this year. Or I'm sorry, they played Georgia well this year. I I think that's in the that's the difference in the East right now. Who knows what South Carolina's gonna do? But Georgia and Florida can't look at each other and say that's for everything because one of them could slip up against those other teams. Let me ask you this as we're gonna start putting a wrap on this week's edition, be back next week. We're on Monday this week. Normally we're on Tuesday or Wednesday. Because you're big time in us. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, XL Prime time here on ten ten XL. We're off to Mobile, Alabama. This afternoon for the Senior Bowl, there wasn't one Florida Gator out there last year. There are four Florida Gators out there this year. Let's go rapid fire. Mobile, Alabama, the Senior Bowl. We talked about LaMichael P. Ryan earlier. LaMichael P. Ryan will be out there as one of the running backs on the South team. What are P. Ryan's uh, pro chances, his uh, you know, chances to make an impact professionally? I think he's going to be a good back. I've given up on trying to figure out running backs, though, at the NFL. I mean, we just saw San Francisco – 
you know, we just saw them go off with a kid that nobody had ever heard Mozart of. Mozart or a Mozart or yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've kind I always call him Mozart. Yeah, I've kind of given up. I mean, I think he he translates, right? I mean, he's what they're looking for. Oh, he's, he was phenomenal against Green Bay. Phenomenal. No, I'm I'm talking about what I'm talking about. P. Ryan. Oh, like, P. Ryan. Right, yeah, right, right. He translates yeah. like he's fast. He's strong. Vision's okay. I mean, like, I, look, okay. the P. Ryan 86 yard run. One of the lasting plays against Auburn of the Gators' entire season. Yeah, and in the NFL, like people don't realize this, to get a thousand yards, you just got to stay healthy. Yeah, it's just sixty something yards a game, right? So what is it, sixty eight yards a game? It's something like that. Yeah, I mean that that's all it is because they play sixteen games. So I mean, you can make a good living as a running back for as long as you can play. But I, you know, I, I've given up on trying to read that with running backs. Now, the other guys, I think you're going to come out of that. It's Grenard, Zaniga, and who? Grenard, Zaniga, and Van Jefferson are all okay. there with Piran. I think Zaniga, you're not going to hear much about because I, I don't. I'm not real sure what people expect of him. I think Grenard and Van Jefferson will get a ton of play Senior Bowl week. Like people are going to fall in love with them. Is Grenard big enough to be a four-three defensive end in the NFL? That's why he's going to get so much love because he's not. But his motor's nonstop. He's strong. He's powerful. He's refined in his pass rush. Like I, I think that when people put eyes on him, their first impression is going to be, oh, wow, I thought he was going to be bigger. But then after they see him do one-on-ones and drills like that, people are, like he's going to be the guy that everybody goes, this guy dominated through the week. I wonder if he could be a 3-4 outside linebacker. I don't know. I think that that's that's the knock on him. is He's a tweener. He Well, he's a little stiff, like standing up. But when he can get low, when he can come off the ball, he's hell to deal with. Yeah. And and he's that size where you don't expect him to have that powerful of a bull rush, but he does. We saw it all year long. Like, people just kind of catching him and being shocked by how fast he got to him. Oh, I think he by far and away was the Gators' best defensive no, player. No, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. And then Van Jefferson, man, people don't realize how good this guy is. Is he his dad? Or is he, you know, going to be more – I mean, Sean Jefferson could stretch the field a little bit. Yeah, Van's more of a technician. Yeah. Yeah, I think, On third and seven, Van will get you nine yards and a first down. And he's not scared to go over the middle, which, you know, isn't that big of a deal anymore. It, but um, he's not scared to go over the middle. He sets up routes beautifully. He's great with option routes. Like, he's he's a really smart football player. And we saw that against LSU. It, there was a time against LSU where he kind of took the game over. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, if you really watch it, most of that was option routes type stuff. Most of that was if defender does this, we're doing this, and Kyle Trask and him were on the same page. So I, I think he's going to do well. I think he's a guy that, in like in the one-on-one section of the Senior Bowl, you're going to hear a lot about him. Again, this edition of Gator Bites here on 1010XL.com and on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians, providing an unparalleled level of care. Visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. In Riverside, Ponte Vedra, in Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and in St. John's. Final football-related topic. You train a lot of quarterbacks. You train a lot of kids regionally around the southeast portion of the country. As far as a senior bowl-type atmosphere goes, if you're a team, what are you looking for? And vice versa, if you're the player, what are you trying to um, show these teams in this week of practice. Yeah, if you're a coach, let's start there. If you're a team or a coach or something along those lines or a scout, there's a couple things you're looking for. You're looking for fluidity. You're looking for hips. You're looking for separation. Like from a scouting standpoint, and that's just about it, or strength if you're an interior guy. But 
But if, if we're talking about skill guys, like I want to see – all of them are fast. I want to see the guy that separates. I want to see the guy that breaks an angle. I want to see that type of stuff, and I want to see – I want him to look right doing it. Optics is a very big deal. Like a, a, lot of, a lot of people – we talk to our quarterbacks about this all the time. You can be effective. You can get a ball to where it's supposed to be, but if it doesn't look right going there, people are going to kind of walk away from you. Mm-hmm. And so opt- you've got to be optically pleasing – um, to scouts. They've got to look at you and they've got to go, well, he's running away from guys and he's not even trying. Or he's throwing that field side 10-yard, 15-yard out, and it doesn't look like he's throwing as hard as he possibly can. You may be, but it doesn't look like it, right? So, I mean, that's what you're looking for. But you're also looking for football IQ. How much can we throw at them in this week and they pick up? How many times do we have to tell them how to do this before they actually do it? Things that's of one, that nature. That's one thing I learned last year. You know, it's on the field stuff – but in the hotel lobby no doubt. at 8 o'clock at night after a hard day of practice when four GMs want to talk to you. Yep. And you have to be professional for all four of those meetings because they're all job interview type things. There's a lot of interview things going on throughout the entire week that fans don't get to watch on TV. One thing that's helped the process a lot is that's kind of being done at the college level now too. When these kids, and I'll speak specifically for quarterbacks, when they go on visits, they're kind of being put through that as well. Mm-hmm. So they've been through it before, and, and they're being prepped for all this. I mean, I've got, I've got a pro day guy in right now that we're training, and, and that's part of the training is you prep them for the questions they're going to be asked. You prep them for the football IQ part, all that kind of stuff. You give them, you know, little cheat codes of this, they say this, this is what this means. You know, this can mean five different things. So I, I think it's definitely helping. Now, from a player's perspective, um, you're – the, the thing you're trying to do the most is stay focused because that's the thing that that gets guys in trouble is good practice, bad practice, good practice, bad practice, like that whole thing, and it is very exhausting. You all right? Yeah, I was going to sneeze. Okay. I stopped it's, there, It's very exhausting mentally because it's, it's, it's a week of nonstop, you know, and they're almost trying to get you out of focus. So it's, it's an interesting um, – it's an interesting study. Like if you're really interested in the scouting portion – that whole portion of can we wear them down mentally is old school but very interesting and very relevant because it's a long NFL season and these guys don't get a break from now until the end of next NFL season. Anything new on the Felipe Franks front? I know he visited Arkansas, apparently enjoyed his time in Fayetteville. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's probably going to wait to see what Derek King does, I would assume. Well, that was a weird story yesterday. King, the Houston quarterback that's in the portal as well, Miami, all indications where he was going there on Sunday morning, and then that was refuted a little bit, so now it's kind of up in the air. Yeah, he's got an interesting decision to make because he can go with Kendall, uh, Kendall Browse, up to Arkansas, who was his OC at Houston. Right, yeah. You know, um, or he can go down to Miami and pretty much get playing time right now. I'm not sure which situation's better. Who would you rather have, King or Franks, if both are 100% healthy? Depends on the offense. Yeah. And I, I hate to escape that question, but they're, they're like, completely different guys. Yeah, totally different. Completely different, different guys. So. And King's 5'11". Franks is 6'6". Yeah. You know, six, six. yeah, completely different guys. If if I'm Felipe, though, I mean, I I don't know. I, I love Kendall Browse. Kendall's become a good friend of mine. But I don't know that that fits him real well. Uh, it, it's almost going to be kind of a uh, Blackman type of situation. Um, what it was at Florida State. I just don't think that he does what Kendall wants really well. Let's leave it with this. Uh, last week you said, hey, Mike White. Yep. Hey, Florida Gator basketball, show me something. Yep. Number four Auburn rolled in there on Saturday and got the beating yep. by 22 by the Florida Gators. Did Florida show you something? 
Yeah, but I, I still want to see more. Man, I'm their jaded. Schedule, well, their schedule's hard. I, I mean, they're LSU this week. Their number two Baylor rolls in on Saturday. It's a tough schedule. I am not, like I'm not a Mike White hate guy. I don't know where we got this whole like you got to be one side or the other with Mike White. It's all of a sudden become like a political opinion almost. <laughs> it's crazy. But I, I heard that at the watch party yesterday. Man, Denny doesn't like Mike White. It's I, like, I don't think he has anything against Mike White. I hear it all the time. Every time I see Frank or Dan, it's like I I I don't. I'm just jaded, man, because. I can't get out of my head that I've been to about three basketball games. Yeah, three basketball games the last two years in Gainesville. All three of them, the best part of the game was halftime. They were just terrible basketball games. I just can't get that out of my head, man. And it's like – I don't want to. I don't want to get my hopes up, and then all of a sudden they go cold for a three-game stretch. You know, we'll, we'll end on a positive note because again, Florida basketball, LSU, uh, and then Baylor this week. It's a tough stretch. One of the anomalies in sports. One of the things that you just can't explain. Auburn has now lost thirteen games in a row in Gainesville. They don't come to Gainesville every year. Obviously, I heard this on the broadcast. Auburn has not won a game in the O'Connell Center since nineteen ninety-six. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? That is crazy. I mean, how how do you explain that? I mean, that's like that Billy's is, second year. That is the second craziest streak going right now behind the the Florida Florida State baseball streak. Yeah, Florida Florida State baseball. That one too. is mind blowing. Yeah, and, and of course, college baseball right around the corner. The first couple of polls were released in the last week or so. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. You get Denny every night on the Sports Den. A little bit of overtime for you guys this Six week. Six to ten. Six giving us to four ten. hours. Yeah. So you can catch Denny Thompson, big game James Coleman for four hours this week as they're filling in for a vacationing Rick Ballou. XL Primetime with uh, myself, Joe Cowart, Leon Searcy, and Matt Hayes. We'll be live in Mobile, Alabama at the Reese Senior Bowl uh, starting tomorrow, Tuesday, and doing our shows there on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Denny, have a great week. We'll do it again yeah, next week. Yeah, y'all have week. fun in Alabama, man. Will do. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the Hacker Ryan Green. Thank you for watching Gator Bites right here on 1010XL.com and on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.